Hey there, hi there, ho there, welcome back once again to another exciting episode of Disney Compendium, Volume 29, The Rescuers Down Under. I am your host, as usual, JJ, and over there, the other end of this line, is my good buddy, Nick. Nick, how you doing? Doing great, JJ. We've reached a halfway point. We uh, we're, we're here. We're going to talk about Quickly Down Under. <laughs> Starring Tom Selleck. Uh, uh, that's <laughs> Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. That's uh, Chip is going to be dressed as. <laughs> he uh, uh, he told he told Alan Rickman that he never had use for a revolver, but he didn't know how to use one, and then he like totally won that gunfight. <laughs> oh dear God, I've done it again. Yes, at least you got half the title right this time. Sure. Sure. <laughs> uh, 1990, November 16th, 1990, The Rescuers Down Under, cashing in four years too late on the American craze of Australia. Uh, <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, and the first, like, canonical sequel in the Disney. Like, there's been sequels, but none of them have been, like, story sequels. This is, like, this a bit is... of it. Sequel. Straight sequel, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like picking up, like shortly after, after the previous movie, it seems like. Except everyone sounds older and more tired. Yeah, <laughs> Bob Newhart's just like, yeah, Miss Bianca, you want to? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he, I like Bob Newhart, but he was really sort of walking through it this time. <laughs> Could trash. Yeah, Ava Gabor sounded more alive. This was like yeah. the final film role. So. Yeah. And, uh, honestly, the most uh, the, the the two people who were really who most in this movie were John Candy and uh, yeah George C. Scott. So. Yeah, George C. Scott is the poacher. Uh, it, it's a very it, I loved George C. Scott because he just sounded exactly like George C. Scott throughout the entire movie. Like, it, despite looking like some sort of generic like. Australian poacher. You could just picture it as George C. Scott. Gonna cut out their hearts one piece at a time. <laughs> and, 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 and John Candy just in full blow John Candy mode. Yep. <laughs> like, this is it's a kind of the peak of his career right here, but John Candy, maybe? Eh. Well, I mean, this came out 90... So he, he had Delirious. Like, no, this this he opened against himself because Home Alone came out at the same time as this movie. Oh, oh dear God! <laughs> yeah, so we know how this movie we did, did didn't, don't we? Oh yeah. Uh, oh, it, it did worse than you could probably think too. Uh, but uh, we'll get to that later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Rescuers Down Under, immediate sequel. We we are. This is the second movie into the Disney Renaissance era, uh, yeah. starting with Little Mermaid and ending with Tarzan. Um, eh, well, hmm. <laughs> I don't make I don't make up the rules. That's how the Disney Renaissance is. It starts with the Little Mermaid and ends with Tarzan. I don't care what you think about Tarzan. <laughs> That's just how it is. Oh, but oh, but you do. <laughs> You do care. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, um, 
you get you, you get straight out the gate you can tell that there's something different about this movie visually Lot, lots of cg it is disney's first ever fully digital movie yeah like and, they, that sweeping shot yeah. beginning yeah yeah and there's a lot of um there's yeah and cgs in it it's using the the caps system which is sort of what pixar was Mm-hmm. At the time, which is like computer-assisted program, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you, uh, you, you, you're introduced immediately to the uh, boy, the child of the movie, similar to the first movie, which is about a child getting kidnapped. This movie is about a child getting kidnapped. Cody, um, Cody, um, fresh off of announcing. Uh, uh, TNT has picked up his yeah. wrestling series. He's now trying to save some animals. Uh, he, he's all in on rescuing all, animals. Um, again, inexplicably, with no reasoning behind it, he can just talk to the animals. Yeah. And some of the animals can talk to him, but then others can't. Again, similar yeah. to the first movie where, uh, like, and, and like, Little Mermaid and things like that, where it's like you're inconsistent as to what animals can and can't talk because, yeah, he's being told by his uh, outback friends about the big eagle has been tied down, the gold eagle has been tied down. The the kangaroo. Yeah, the kangaroo. Yeah, Um, which which he had to unlock by defeating the clown guy. (laughs) End of stage two. but uh, the eagle can understand him, but yeah. he can't talk to him. Yeah. Which, again, don't understand the rule set of this superpower this kid has. He yes. can only talk to mammals? <laughs> yes. Also, the eagle's unnaturally cuddly. It's yeah. a cuddly eagle. Yeah, it's really... It, I, it's like nuzzling. And it's like, yeah. The, the eagle actually has very good, like, animation reactions like they yeah. did a good job of like making it seem excited about the prospect of its babies and sad that the dad's gone yeah and all that stuff and again it's disney movie starts off relatively soon with like you know a death of a parent uh, <laughs> off screen of course but yeah you don't see but it's you, you learn that the once the eagle is freed it takes Cody on an incredibly dangerous adventure through the Australian it, outback. It lets, you, it lets you free fall for a good, you know, yeah. hundred feet before yeah, it goes against him. I li- I do like also the uh, got him in the talons and yeah. start tickling him with one of his claws. Like, yeah. no, 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 stop no. it, stop that right now. Um, Giant terror bird. Yeah, it's, 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 it's as a, sweet as you are. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. You're literally a raptor. Let's just. <laughs> How do, how do you pronounce the eagle's name? Ma. It's like Ma Ma Marute. Marute. Yeah. Na, Naruto. Uh, <laughs> oh man, that eagle just running with its arms straight back. Yeah. Um, no reason. Uh, yeah. So it's like Mahavrute or something. Like I can't remember exactly. We're just going to pronounce it as the eagle. The eagle. Yeah. Uh, we're not indigenous to this country. We don't know. Matt, yeah, we don't we don't come from a land down under. Um uh, but yeah, so uh 
we we uh, we get yeah we get this whole scene of him flying around and saving him and um, and screwing with him screwing with the kid yeah and then he uh, Co- Cody um, eventually fought, uh, after the eagle, he and the eagle kind of hang out for a bit and he frees a mouse from a trap yeah. Yeah, he frees a mouse from a trap, which uh, in in turn activates a trap, so he falls into a hole. I think it's, it's like a tiger pit or something. Yeah, and so you meet uh, McLeach. <laughs> McLeach, George C. Yeah, Scott. George C. Scott and his crazy Mad Max truck. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ah, George C. Scott. What's (laughs) what's more terrifying? George C. Scott in The Exorcist 3 or George C. Scott as an animated character? Boy, it's it's almost a push, isn't it? Like Yeah. uh, George C. Scott is not built for cartoons no. uh, in any way, shape, or form. And so, <laughs> the only reason I, I I asked that is because at some point in this movie, Homeboy starts singing. Yeah, he does. And man, is that an off-putting? <laughs> yeah, I don't. No, I just don't. So, um, and he has a um, Komodo a dragon. It's it's a guana. Which yeah, is a just a big monitor lizard of Australia. Yeah, but it doesn't like it does the Disney thing. It does that thing where it's like they did with Godzilla, like when they do posters and stuff where they paint it green because it's a lizard, so it has mm-hmm. to be bright green. And it's like, oh, okay, but <laughs> it looks Joanna. Like, yeah, yeah. He named it Joanna. Joanna. Uh, he seems like a lonely man. So. <laughs> yeah. There's my lizard, Joanna. Yeah. So he tries to play it off like the lizard, dug, the Joanna dug the hole, and he's yes. mad at it, and that he's not a poacher. <laughs> she, uh, she, 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 she dug this forty by forty hole. Yeah, perfectly, <laughs> perfectly square grave. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so. He eventually like helps him out of the hole and finds the feather that uh, the eagle gifted Cody for as a thank you for saving him or saving her. Right. And uh, that's where you find out that McLeach is who killed the dad, and he's trying to get this eagle and its and the eggs um, for six for seemingly no reason other than. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he's a yeah. He's a bad poacher because he doesn't. It does. It's never really implied that he's trying to sell the corpses. She's just like, I just want to kill stuff. It's not even like a trophy hunter. Like he's trying, like because he killed this eagle, and all he has to show for it is the feather. Like, what did what did you do with the rest of it? Yeah, yeah. It's not like it's like you never. It's never implied that he's like selling the like Cruella Deville is buying up these bodies or anything you know what i mean like it's just yeah. all you see is well he's got the feather and now he wants to kill the rest of the family i mean like, at least real grade a psychopath <laughs> at least the dude and up was like oh i want it for this reason yeah there's seemingly no reason to his to him other than just to be uh um, 
a wasteful idiot. Yeah, just just be an avatar for evil. Like uh, this is like the Disney hasn't really done a um, movie like this since Bambi, where it's yeah. very much a you know respect nature kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, like the whole point of this is like you know conservation and you know you know respect to nature and don't don't just go around killing animals for the sake of killing animals it, it, it we're also on the stretch of disney movies here where they're the evil characters are not subtle at all no <laughs> it, it's 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 like you might as well just like all be just like have evil and like cruella Deville, like yeah just might as well have a name like that. Like McLeach definitely is a, you know, sleazy name. So. Yeah. I mean, we're coming up on the point where villains have their own theme songs about how yeah. evil they are. <laughs> um, so we have, uh, so he, he kidnaps Cody because he wants to find the location of the Eagle. And yep. I do like that. He takes the backpack and throws it into, to the crocodiles. So yeah. that if it's so that he, It'll be stumbled upon and assumed that he's been killed by crocodiles, yep. which is how it's reported in the news. <laughs> yeah, and also, uh, does Cody kind of slips in and out of that, that Australian accent a little bit? He absolutely does. There were plenty of times where I'm like, is, is he supposed to be Australian? Yeah, like it's unclear uh, <laughs> because he really does. Like, I mean, it's hard. It's a kid doing the voice, and right. I yeah, but at the beginning of the movie, he's like, no worries, Ma. And then later yeah. on, he's like, oh, yeah. no. Oh, raspberries, kind of. Oh, fish. Like, yeah. even Kevin Cotton was like, man, just commit to the accent. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So, yeah, that. Uh, I do, <laughs> no, I have to save that one for later. Um, uh what was uh so the mouse that was saved right uh, sees that he's getting kidnapped and goes um to his secret base like <laughs> I guess where he somehow can send a telegram out like he's like a telegraph is being sent to <laughs> the uh rescue aid society <laughs> He's sending out an RAS. Yeah. <laughs> well, so he sent this to see, sends it. They have to get relayed to Hawaii from Australia. Yeah. And then like the whole, the whole, the whole, uh, way of relaying it to New York is contingent upon them distracting the guy in Hawaii. <laughs> like if he's yeah. like, I'm not going to answer that phone right now. No. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, no, it all works out. They know what they're doing. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it makes its way to New York. Um, <laughs> uh, Bernard is trying to propose to Bianca. At yeah, this. Um, oh, man, it was this was this was this was a hard watch. Like, it was, <laughs> it's just like this. It's just embarrassing. It's just like this isn't like it's a dumb thing for kids. Like this would be in a sitcom, not a yeah, or, like. Or like another romancing the stone movie or something. Not. Well, it, it gives you it gives you that sense of waja, but yeah. also it's just Bob Newhart just like uh, Bob Newhart mumbling his way through some lines. It's just like, 
man. But but he's just like I said at the top of the show. He's just kind of walking through this movie. Yeah. He doesn't have. He doesn't seem to care as much as he did in the first movie. No, they had he's... some. They had some really good chemistry in the original movie, yeah. and that chemistry is half there this time around. Ava Sabor like, seems more interested in this movie than, yeah. than he does. But to be fair, he's also like 20-something years older at this point. Yeah. And Bob Newhart's always been perpetually 50. Yeah. So he would attack on 20 years of that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, you know, Ava Gabor literally has one foot in the grave. Yeah. Uh, and she's and, like, let's do it! Yeah, she's just all in. Like, she knew this was going to be her last movie and was going to have fun as possible with it. I I just like that they're eat, while they're eating dinner like they what they have for dinner is dependent upon like, whatever that cricket finds on the ground. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> but, I mean, so's life of a mouse. I mean, yes, but they like, are just but, they are just mice. Yeah, yeah they're just mice. <laughs> but like they have like 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 a. A freaking Michelin star cricket chef yeah. just waiting for food droppings. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, but don't uh, overthink it. Yeah. So, anyways, it all just uh, this 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 scene just ends up with him thinking she's agreeing to a marriage proposal, but really it's just a proposal to go to Australia for this crazy mission. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Um, so they're off. They go to find Orville. Um, Get it? Because yeah. the albatross in the first movie is no, Wilbur. No, the uh, yeah, no. It's they want to Wilbur. find Orville. Couldn't yes. find him. But they find Wilbur. So Wilbur. yes, Wilbur and Orville. The, yes, the Wright brothers. It's a it's a constant show. That was apparently a. Uh, I think that was a Roy Disney uh, thing. If I recall that, correctly, that seems like a very wholesome folksy joke like <laughs> get yeah. it yeah. yeah yeah that seems like a disney kind of beef so yeah. it makes sense that was roy's suggestion because yeah. because the actor has since passed since the last movie so um um it was it was jim jordan uh, jim jordan. uh has has since passed and so yeah instead you meet wilbur uh, as voiced by the ever lovely John Candy, um, John, who has a great voice for animation. Just Sorry, fantastic. Had, had a great voice for animation. Yeah. Um, like you know, he had his own cartoon. Like you know, like, so, oh my god, he did. Yeah, he had Camp I, Candy. I so, forgot about Camp Candy. Camp Candy ran for a very long time. Surprisingly, Good too. God. Yeah, uh, Camp Candy and Little Rosie. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, he just every scene that he's in, he is just chewing the scenery. Yep. Uh, he is just all in on <laughs> being this uh, character. He's chewing the scenery like it's a, like a ninety-six ounce steak. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, they like okay, we need to go to Australia, and he's like, <laughs> I'm not going to Australia. Look at it out there. Um, but like he's able to, they're able to convince him. Well, Bianca's able to convince him because he knows exactly who Bianca is, mm-hmm. and the celebrity, and a child is missing, and that upsets him 
dearly. So uh, they convince him to go to Australia, even though he right. didn't want to. And it's where you meet. Uh, once they get to Australia, you meet Jake. It's Jake, yeah. right? Yeah, it's Jake. Jake. Jake the Australian mouse, um, who just is coming on strong to Bianca. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's oh, like, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Wilbur with just a horrific injury. Uh, <laughs> yeah, hurts himself. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he gets sent to Crazy Mouse Hospital. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I it's like it's like some weird experimental surgery clinic. Yeah, it, it seems like it seems like this was pull, like it's it feels like this is a reference to something that we don't understand in this like in 2019. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, like in 1986 when this movie was greenlit to 1990 when it came out, like there was something there was something here there was a movie that came out that was similar to like you know this like this i mean it's horror hospital is is the theme of pretty much any movie that's existed at some point you know what i mean like it was um, a it it was a reference to reanimator the tranquilizer shotgun <laughs> like it's not like a little rifle. This is no. Like, this is a legitimate shotgun that makes an audible blast sound when they shoot him in the butt with a tranquilizer yeah. dart. Uh, it makes a significant sound. Like yeah, a, a catastrophic injury occurred it, with this. <laughs> it doesn't help that he is like crying and begging for his life. Yeah, and just going on like. This is kind of disturbing to watch. <laughs> but yeah, um, what, whatever uh, that surgery is, they do not explain it. Uh, <laughs> no. But, uh, uh, it's it's but, his back, basically. He's hurt yeah, his back. Yeah, so yeah, it's like he like bent his spine out of mm-hmm. spots. So he's, he eventually has his experimental surgery, gets out, and starts looking for his friends. Um, he escapes because they, they straighten his back or something. Yeah. Um, you get to McLeach again with Cody. Yep. And a bunch of other animals. And um, like a kangaroo and a weird one of those frill lizards with the the frill around their neck kind of thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Trying, to, trying to unlock the lock with his tail like it's a like it's a Mickey Mouse cartoon. Like yeah. it, it, the kangaroo was for the one from the beginning of the movie who yeah kind of yeah, yeah. The, the the lizard also uh, then squirts Dennis nerdy in the face later on yeah <laughs> just a few years later it's like he's like I've had it yeah <laughs> I need to kill Wayne Knight <laughs> sick of this Newman <laughs> um. But yeah, so um, eventually McLeach finds out how to play Cody um, into like like it's actually a relatively brilliant plan. Yeah, he's, he's like concocted. He is going to he's going to lie to Cody about the death of the mom, right? Because he knows that Cody is protecting those eggs, like those are like his weak point. Um, 
So the mom's dead and the eggs are abandoned, essentially. And so, and so he frees him, you know? <laughs> so, like, he heard the story that the eagle was killed, that the eggs now don't have anybody, and that's, you know, so I don't need you anymore, so just whatever, get out of here. <laughs> and, like, thinking that Cody will lead him to the nest. Yeah, which is exactly what ends up happening. So far, the mice have been relatively inconsequential to the story. Kind of, yeah. But Cody gets to the nest, and this is where they finally, like, meet. And the mice are trying to tell him, no, this is this is a trap. You've been tricked, but it doesn't matter. Um, I guess it makes sense. Like the whole plot is to kill the eagle and to let his lizard eat the eggs. <laughs> Which you think he would just let the eggs hatch? Yeah, and so he'd kill more eagles. Yeah, because it seems like it's all he cares about. This murdering. Yeah, yeah, but um, Bernard is able to use a nice little, uh, you know, replace the eggs with rocks goo. Yeah, which is good. That's good. That's you see that. It's not the first time I feel like I've seen this exact goo for eggs and been replaced with rocks. Was it? <laughs> it might have been like one of the Land Before Time movies. Yeah, yeah. It, it yeah. certainly it certainly makes sense that, that would be hit. Yeah, and so you, Joanna tried to like gnaw on these rocks. Yeah. Um, and Joanna is just a, just a real dummy. Yeah. <laughs> just, um, uh, Wilbur makes his grand reappearance and is convinced to sit on the eggs while, yes. uh, while they, uh, go, <laughs> while they go off to save the day. Uh, so John Candy, again, just left to <laughs> not be on screen. <laughs> the Poker King of Wisconsin is just yeah. there. <laughs> Um, we're getting into the end game here. Oh man! Where they're at Crocodile Falls. Snaps his figure. Oh, sorry. <laughs> this is also where we get uh, George C. Scott singing. Yes. Um, it's not. You get a line. I get a pull. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not. This people. We're kind of down on this movie because he just came from Little Mermaid, and then you have this where it's not a musical. Yeah, it has no song. It nope. has George C. Scott singing a song, but it has no song. Like, yeah. and when we say George C. Scott singing, it's just more of a like road trippy kind of like character moment, and not an actual like yeah, he's just act break. <laughs> he's just doing a little a, a ditty like like yeah. a. Yeah. yeah, just he's just doing a limerick is really all he's doing. Basically, like, yeah, he's yeah. just doing the old "you get a line, I get a pole" song. Yeah, uh, God, just that's it's a nightmare. It is, yeah, and also he's using Cody as bait for the crocodiles. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it's, and like he's like hanging him like a, like a comic book supervillain, like yeah. Like, I'm going to slowly lower you into this vat of ace chemicals. Uh, <laughs> like, like, he drops him in the water, and then he pulls him back out, just like, ah, ha, ha, see? Yeah. No, just drop him, dude, if you're going to drop him. But um, <laughs> Bernard saves the day by pig whispering 
a wild razorback and writing yeah. it in like <laughs> this is very um this feels again like in 1980s like australia we are hooked on australia as a country kind of yeah stuff. it never this movie never really takes advantage of its setting no it, it has like the indigenous life but it's never yeah. like but yeah it's like there's never it's not like it's not like the lion king where like you sit down and watch it it takes full advantage of like this you know the african right. de- desert settings and stuff like you know and, and things like that like it, it, it just it just happens to take place in australia you never feel like you're in the outback or anything no like, like if for the if it weren't for the animals and even, only a couple of the animals, so the razorback and the eagle and, and the, ca- the, the kangaroo. Yeah, the kangaroo and the monitor lizard. Like, yeah. like just a handful of animals. It's you know, but like you know, the, the first one had you know, like crocodiles in it. You know what I mean? Right. Well, also, <laughs> you, you think they would have like just done like a, a boomerang goof at some point, right? Some point, or, or just some sort of, or anything like remotely like resembling a crocodile Dundee joke. Yeah. Like, or anything. Like, there's no, like, outside of McLeach, there's no, you'd think there'd be some sort of, like, Crocodile Dundee-esque character. <laughs> but there well, is. Well, I mean, I guess Jake is kind Jake of. Is, but he's not in it enough to really, like, you don't really ever connect in any way, shape, or form with Jake. <laughs> Jake's just there to, like, to hit on Bianca and, like, like question uh, Bernard's manhood. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so the, the boar comes charging into town, uh, <laughs> uh, they disable the truck thing, Mad Max mobile, <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah, by uh, just taking the key out. Yeah, yeah, it's like, uh, Nick Leach tries to shoot the rope. <laughs> yep, he misses the first time. Yeah. You, like, don't he, like you should be better at this than you are, all things considered. But nah. don't you have a knife? Like, yeah, use, use a knife. That's, that's not a knife. Yeah, this is a knife. <laughs> yeah. I called him chess buzzers. <laughs> you can't help but like, yeah. So I was just, I was just expecting a big boot. Any, uh, yeah, big, a, a kick in the butt through the gate with a normal yep. sized shoe. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and um, as this movie illustrates, Poe buddies nerf it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, he tries to kill Cody. Like, just, just tries to kill a child. Yeah. The, like, just, that's like, that's the common thread between the two movies is that evil people have no problem just horrifically murdering children. Uh, well, <laughs> his logic is, well, the Rangers already think you're dead, so. Yeah. Eh. It's, I mean, and it's that's decent logic, I guess, for evil villain. Like, yeah, I mean, they think he's dead already, so they're not gonna. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, uh, Joanna gets like tricked into like tackling McLeach, essentially. <laughs> like, Bernard like has her chase him. Yeah, and then they run into McLeach and. Yeah, McLeach and Joanna and Cody and yeah. Bernard all fall into the water. Yeah, um, McLeach left to like, just fight some crocodiles, which uh, 
already a bad situation. Uh, he's busy thinking about these crocodiles until he forgets that, oh, this is Crocodile Falls. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and just, uh, yeah, he's, he's dead. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. Uh, McLeach should have just stuck to the rivers and the lakes he was used to. <laughs> uh, just around the river bend is, <laughs> is death. Yeah. I mean, so we get Wilbur here, or sorry, Bernard. Yeah. Who, uh, he's, he has to like keep Cody from going to the waterfalls. Yeah. Displaying some crazy upper body strength for a mouse. Some real flounder strength. Yeah. Uh, from, uh, from uh, Bernard here. Uh, but yeah, so look, it, Long and long of the long end of the story here is uh, the eagle is freed. Everyone lives happily ever after. Bernard proposes to Bianca on the eagle, on the eagle, and yeah. and she accepts it. Uh, and there we go. Oh, uh, and and uh, uh, Wilbur is just completely forgotten about by everyone and is left behind on the eggs. Um, yeah, like is, every... the, is the mom going taking them back to New York and leaving her babies behind? Because they are hatching now, <laughs> and they are uh, going and they are going to imprint on Wilbur at this point. <laughs> is it implied now that Wilbur is the new dad? I, 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 <laughs> the eggs, the hatch. Are you our new daddy? Oh no, me and your mom are just friends, man. <laughs> yeah. Now I gotta go to the Seven Eleven. Wilbur never came back. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, that's where it ends. It ends with the eggs, with the eagle flying off. Uh, yeah, uh, and and Wilbur hatching the eggs, and then seemingly attacked by one of the baby eagles. Although you don't see any of it; it's all happening off screen. Um, Wait, well, you would assume based on the size of the eggs and Wilbur's size, they're they're probably bigger than him. Yeah, and he's an albatross. Like yeah. albatross, well known for being massive birds. Right. So, um, so yeah, that's uh, rescuers down under. If it, uh, if this podcast feels rushed, so did this movie. Yeah, uh, it just sort of it it starts slow, and then once the plot happens, it all happens at once. <laughs> like yeah, it's. I mean, it's rescuers in like, I, almost in name only because, like you said, Bernard and Bianca are just kind of there. Yeah, yeah. It, it really is. It really is a story of like, of just a kidnapped kid. Like he's doing everything in his power to break free. Like the little girl in the rescuers one was just sort of complacent because she was an orphan. Yeah, and so you know, she was just kind of complacent and sad. Like this kid was fighting. Cody's got a mom. Like, yeah, Cody's got a mom, and, and and he's got you know he's kind of feisty, and he's yeah. you know, he's got attitude, and he's trying to not be there. You know, he's actively you know he's working to not be there. Like I feel like if the mice didn't get involved, the story probably he probably still could have resolved the story himself. The eagle uh, would have got free somehow, and yeah. Save the day. Yeah, something, but yeah. Um, it's like a jumbled mess of different 
stories, it feels like. Yeah, and it's not. Like, there wasn't much, like, uh, much going on with this movie. It was like, it was greenlit in 86, which, again, is exactly why this takes place in Australia, because that's the peak of, you know, Crocodile Dundee is out, and, uh, you know, men at work have a hit song, and, you know, and yeah. Yahoo Serious Film Festival. <laughs> and, and Mel Gibson's a big star, and yeah, yeah it's like... Yeah, so, so, you know, it makes sense that the concept of this movie... Like an Australia-based animation, I don't. I it's it's weird that it's a sequel. Like it's it's, it's it, weird that it's a theatrical release. Yeah, it's weird. Like, cause this sort of predates Disney doing their weird sequely stuff. Um, but um, Disney like I don't know why they chose this to be their sequel. Like. I, the Rescuers initially wasn't it wasn't one of their more massive successes. It was a success, but like there's a number of movies that you could have tapped for a sequel, but this is what you went with. I guess because it's easier to concept out. It, you really you're not going to insert really anybody else into an Australian setting. Yeah, it's not like you're going to make a uh, you're you're finally going to make like your uh Sword in the Stone sequel with, but set it in the Outback or something. <laughs> Turned out King Louis went to Australia. Yeah. And then he's a friend with the Albatross twins. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's a very, it's a very weird movie because again, uh, uh, there was no like, there's, there's nothing like crazy about the production of this movie. Like they greenlit it in 86. They started working on it because action adventure, Australia movies were popular. And like Quigley. Like yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, and you have, um, and, and you know, save the trees kind of mentality is back with American consciousness. So to make a, uh, environmental conservation movie made sense for Disney too. So you yeah. get to do two of these things where Australia well known and loved for its sort of wildlife um, situation and, you know, crocodile Dundee and all that stuff. And so, um, so they decided to do that instead of another musical, um, which as we will see, uh, bad call. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like and like in the in so they green light it in '86. They uh, they sign up the two original cast members of um, Bob Newhart and Ava Gabor. Did they uh, sign them in '86 as well, or no? A couple years later, like '88 okay. is when they okay. signed them on. Um, and the only other returning member is the uh, of the cast is the head mouse of the society. Oh, the head UN mouse, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the only other returning cast member. Um, uh, Jim Jordan died, the voice of Orville, so they had to, so they had no choice but to replace him. Um, and so that's that's that. I think the most significant thing about this is um, 
this was like I said, CG. Right. I mean, it uh, looked good. Yeah, it looked good, but it looked off-putting. It looked like a first attempt. Um, something about it seemed wrong to me, and I can't quite put my finger on it. it like, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I I can see what you mean. Like, there's some yeah. of like the sweeping, you know, like uh, terrain shots are kind of like. Eh. Yeah. It look it, uh, it looks like it looked like it was kind of like the dry run for like Lion King. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Um, I think at this point, uh, see, this is 90s, so Discovery Island must be up and running at Disney World. So I bet you there was some sort of tie in with the animals because that was Discovery Island was basically proto animal kingdom where it was just an island you could go to that had animals that you like, it was basically a zoo, a weird Mm -hmm. zoo. Um, so. I, yeah, I bet you there was some stuff going on there to tie in with it. Yeah, um, it's just... I don't know, man. It, it's it's weird because, like, like only a few years prior to this, they did a much better mouse-centric movie. Yeah. Yeah, like... Like, like uh, a few years prior to this, they did this movie, but better. <laughs> with yeah. Like, um, I, I like the story of... Um, when they were animating McLeach, they based his mannerisms off of his character in Dr. Strangelove, which is absolutely <laughs> perfect. Like, yeah, this, <laughs> this, yeah, this. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah. Like he, 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 he looks like 1960s yeah. George C. Scott. Um, so yeah, this used caps, which was computer, which is what was the acronym for computer animation production system. So it was all like digital ink and paint, and there was no camera involved. Um, uh, and it did use so CGI. Um, yeah. The CGI elements in this movie were the flyover of the Sydney Opera House, Nick mm-hmm. um, truck. Were, oh, uh, were yeah. Yeah. It had that very like yeah. early. PC CD game look yeah. to it, yeah. yeah. Um, and and it uh, and like uh, the New York City shots were also the, the blizzard yeah. Yeah. And, and things like other things. You get things like um, uh, the flowers at the beginning during mm-hmm. like some of the stuff. It's like so they tend to like use this stuff. It's like when you went to like the Black Cauldron and things like that, where it's like you know bubbles are like. CG or something like that was sort of the thing, but this would have been this was uh, the first collaboration with Pixar that Disney right. um, Pixar still in its in its infancy at this time, but you know they're trying to more sell a computer to do CG than they are to be a movie studio at the time. This is the Steve the Steve Jobs era Pixar, right? Steve, Steve Jobs Pixar. Um, uh, so. You know, you know, this is 1990, and then 16 years later, they get bought out by Disney. So it becomes inevitably a fruitful relationship. But uh, you don't say. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're only you're only a few years away from their like feature film debut. Right. So uh, this is 1990, and Toy Story is 95. So you know, yeah, you're really close. 
um, uh, but they didn't advertise that in any way, shape, or form. There was nothing in the promotional materials, nothing about this being digital or CG or anything. Oh, which I, you know, at for any other studio, it would have been a like a thing. It would have been like there would have been a full page ad taken out in Variety explaining what yeah. the process being used. But Disney was just sort of very quiet about it. Do you? Let me ask you a question. How old were you when this movie came out? Uh, nineteen ninety. So I'm about five okay so so do you remember any kind of like i remember like a commercial here and there well so there's a reason for that and we're gonna get into it now um because uh when it came out um its opening weekend was a disaster um it opened fourth uh its opening weekend which for disney movie especially coming off of little mermaid is a disaster. Um, but it, as you said, opening against Home Alone. Opening against Home Alone. Um, it, it came in fourth behind Home Alone, Rocky Five, and Child's Play 2. Um, <laughs> I mean, ooh, I can see coming in behind Home Alone. Yeah. Those I, other two aren't great sequels. Yeah, but I can see coming in behind Rocky Five because Rocky Four was a massive success and people yeah. loved Rocky. And you know, at a point, it takes a while to really let it sink in, especially in a pre-internet age. That Rocky Five is not really worth going out of your way to go see. The last twelve um, minutes are. Yeah, yeah. That's Street um, Fight. And I don't understand. Like, I like the Child's Play, like the first couple Child's Play movies, but I don't understand how that is opening at number four and it's well past Halloween at this point. <laughs> like, I, I, I mean, the, the Chucky phenomenon was still like, it's the, yeah, we're, yeah. we're also coming like, you know, we're getting out of this, the eighties slasher era. Yeah. So it's yeah. still kind of there. Yeah. Um, Child's play is probably like the last major sort of slasher franchise hit. Like, yeah. you know, horror movies are kind of, kind of going to, uh, um, a cryo sleep for a spell. Um, but, uh, I mean, they're still going to exist, but they're not going to be the cultural phenomenons that they were. The no, they're, they're, um, they're, they're going to go kind of direct to video or, you know, whatever. Yeah. So opening weekend, it made $3.5 million. Yikes. Uh, it's Katzenberg, uh, good old Jeffrey Katzenberg, um, who was the, uh, Walt Disney studios chairman pulled all advertising after it's disasters opening weekend. That's why you didn't see any commercials. Mm. Um, so it is, it, it, it's initial run in the United States was about $28 million. Right. Which is significantly less than any other movie in this era of movies. Um, like by a substantial amount. <laughs> well, it makes you question, would this have been, so we talked about the ornaments before that had to, that had to be the next month, right? Yeah. yeah. So that was kind of advertising, I guess, but yeah. not really. Um, also, this movie was uh, paired with uh, Mickey Mouse's The Prince and the Popper. Uh, oh. To, in theatrically. So, you know, I thought that was interesting. <laughs> yeah, it is. Like, I actually yeah. kind of like The Prince and the Popper. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so yeah, disaster out the gate. Um, and it was well received for the most part. 
wasn't mm-hmm. like it wasn't this major critical success, but like you know, Roger Ebert loved it. Uh, you know, Gene Siskel loved it. They all said that you know it it it, it was it was a fun, intense little animated adventure movie. Sure. Uh, and Roger Ebert, um, his thing about animation is you want to experience something that's impossible in reality. Mm-hmm. And that's what, you know, the rescuers down under is trying to accomplish. Like it's an adventure with animals that could never really happen. <laughs> there's, there's, there's no Eagle that size. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, you know, it was, it was relatively well received, but again, it, it's, it's coming off of too late into um, the Australia trend on top of just the year before you had the little mermaid. Yeah. And which, it, it, yeah, it doesn't feel like, again, like if this movie is made today, if you straight to video, it yeah. feels straight to video, everything it about it feels it straight does. to video. Well, because, and, and be, like, you know, flash forward, you know, a decade and a half where CG is what you use. Like it's cheap to make animation. So like, you know, or, or, you know, even uh, computer assisted animation and stuff like this really would have been like the cheap straight to video, you know, Cinderella two followed immediately by rescuers down under. Right. So um, one review was fun. That's uh, said that, um, uh, the villain is too malignant, and the young vigilante hero seems like he's supposed to be a kitty Rambo. Which I'm like, huh? I okay. I, Ram- I, I, I Rambo? can see what you're. I can see what you're saying as he's trying to use sort of the environment around him to sort of make his escape kind of stuff. But <laughs> I guess. But I, I guess if Rambo was, I guess in First Blood, if he was immediately captured by the police and then never got away. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Brian, the right, then he captures him. And he's like, yeah. Yeah. All right, Rambo, tell me where the rest of your Vietnam vets are and I'll let you go. Um, you know, it, it hurts. It hurts when you have your advertising pulled um, because it shows lack of confidence. Yep. Um, and Katzenberg, Katzenberg hasn't exactly been a great friend to the animation studio. Um, going back to Black Cauldron. Going back to Black Cauldron. Um, but yeah, so it, it was. It, it opens the same weekend as Home Alone. Like it's a monster which, hit. Monster hit, and it was sort of suspected to be a monster hit. Like it, it had the advertising budget. It was, you know, the people involved, like, you know, making the movie were well loved. Like, you know, Macaulay Culkin wasn't, you know, nobody knew that that was going to be the success of the movie. He he'd only done like Uncle Buck, I think, at that point. Yeah, but like, you know, and, and then it turns out that Home Alone is like the highest grossing movie of 1990. You know, so yeah, I mean, it's it's it comes out in November, and yeah. it, it, it's a perennial holiday film. Yeah. Yeah, to this um, day, I think. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I know. Mean, it's definitely one of the ones that I watch every year. Sam, yeah. A- and, and, uh, the sequel. The sequel. Um, but also, I also quote that one a lot because I like the line, look what you did, you little jerk. Yeah. I use that 
quite a bit. <laughs> my <laughs> so, wife will often say, like, I hope you guys are drinking milk because I don't want it to go bad. <laughs> so. <laughs> so it's a, uh, yeah, com- exponentially better movie than this. <laughs> yes. I think that uh, I don't have a problem with this movie. Uh, no. So, you know, we always like to talk about sort of its influence later on and nothing. I mean, nah. there, was no, there was no music in it. So, I mean, it was just a, it was just a simple scored movie. Um, and anything that, anything that would be like pop up anywhere else would be inspired by the first movie and not this one. Like the theme yeah. park, anything. There's nothing thing, like characters obviously were there. Because anytime there's a movie, they have costume characters. Yeah. Um, um, like, like I said, maybe the ornaments. Yeah. But even those are based off the first movie. So. Yeah. So, you know, uh, yeah, it's not. It's not. And he's, it, it holds no significance, <laughs> unfortunately. I like, I was telling you, when I was saying with the commercials, like I remember more commercials for the VHS release than the actual theatrical release. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, let's. I, I just. I'm, I'm looking to see. Was it? I'm looking at the uh, Rotten Tomatoes breakdowns of these movies, mm-hmm. uh, and it is not the lowest rated on Rotten Tomatoes. So. Um, on Rotten Tomatoes, it's sitting at 68% based off its 25 reviews. This is not terrible, no. You know, Little Mermaid, 92%. Um, Beauty and the Beast, 94%. Aladdin, 94 Lion King, 93 Pocahontas has the lowest, and it's at 57%. So, uh, Tarzan, it's... 88%. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, you said 8%? Wow, it's really low. <laughs> must be the um, awful soundtrack I'm just going to put it in perspective so I have no idea what the budget to this movie is I, I looked at a few different places uh, I couldn't find a budget all I know is that it made 28 million dollars domestically and worldwide it's made about 47 million dollars which is for a Disney movie sad um, if you look at anything else Little Mermaid 211 million dollars worldwide Beauty and the Beast, 443, Aladdin, 500. You know, like, like it, it is significantly lower than any other Renaissance-era Disney movie. Yeah. Well, which is de- it's very depressing. <laughs> well, you and I even talked about off-air, like, the only way to get this movie, as as we speak, is, like, yeah. a two-pack with the original Rescuers. Yeah. Like, they're not, Disney's yeah. not, like, going, hey, it's back out! Yeah. We remastered yeah. it, and all, like, it just kind of, I feel like it's one of those, you know, every once in a while when you get like a, a box set and it's like, we've remastered the first movie with it from a 4K assets. Yeah. And also it's just a like generically remastered, like sec, like the sequel is also been remastered. Yeah. We didn't put any, we didn't put, we put about one third the effort yeah. into it. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like my aliens set. Like we like the 40th anniversary of aliens and aliens, yeah. but then also eh, we had some stuff with resurrection too. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the best quality resurrection you'll ever see. Uh, we didn't really put any effort into it. It's quality just, and resurrection do not go together, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so yeah, um, 
no awards. I don't even think it was nominated for anything. No. Um, it, it's just, it's this little lost Disney movie. You know, it's a bummer. I, I think it's better than what history tells you it is. But it's, I also don't think it's that good. <laughs> so. I mean, it's it, it's inoffensive. That's the best I can say. Like, yeah, it's, you're not gonna watch it. You're like, oh, like, no, it's just it's fine. It's um, empty calorie movie. Yes. Okay. Um, yes. It's it's a yeah. Like yeah. you won't hate yourself for watching it. You know, I, I watched it last night. You watched it last night. Yeah, I, I watched it while playing Cuphead, so that's to tell you like how invested I was in it. A new little thing that we like to do on these is kind of look at the era of movies. Because mm-hmm. like, in some cases, especially going forward from now on, you know they're going to be as competitive with some of the top grossing movies of the year. Um, obviously, this is not one of those cases. Nope. But 1990 was a very fun year for movies. Uh, here's your top ten highest grossing movies of 1990. Uh, number one is Ghost. Okay. Uh, that was a big hit of a movie. Uh, and it's a movie that, you know, still holds some sort of pop culture relevance to this day. So Mostly the pottery wheel thing. Mostly yeah. the pottery wheel thing. But that's still, like, more impact than the entire 77 minutes of, of Rescuers. Rescuers Down Under. Um, Home Alone, number two. Right. Number three Which is pretty... Yeah, number three is Pretty Woman. Oh, yeah, that's still kind of a big... Yeah. Number four is Dances with Wolves. Okay, yeah. Number five is Total Recall. That's pro- So, so far, besides Home Alone, that's the one I like the most on this list. Number six is Back to the Future Part 3. It, not the worst of the three, but... Eh, I right. like that. I like Back to the Future Part 3 more than 2 as a whole. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, two is awful. 2, because 2, like, it's fun to see the future stuff, but that's such a small part of the movie that most of the movie just takes place during the first movie. Yeah, it's... <laughs> you, it, I would just, like, skip... When I watch them, I'll skip from 1 to 3. Yeah. Um, I think they do a good job at doing a Western movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number 7. Die Hard 2. See, that's a good... Die Hard, the first three Die Hards are all good. Yes. The second uh, one's good. Number eight is the weirdest one on there, and it's the movie Presumed Innocent. Um, <laughs> Presumed Innocent. It is a Harrison Ford legal drama. Oh, good <laughs> lord. This is like, yeah. that's that, right. Yeah. That yeah, period we, where he's like doing like Jack Ryan and it's like yeah, regarding so it's, Henry and yeah. Harrison Ford, Brian Dennehy, and uh, Raul Julia. <laughs> so, oh God, I have to watch this movie now. Yeah, um, the yeah, sheriff from yeah. Rambo and M. Bison <laughs> and Han Solo <laughs> and Han, uh, he's Indiana Jones to me. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, um, yeah. So that that's so yeah. That's a weirder one. That's just sort of sneaks in under the radar. Number nine, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Absolutely. Fantastic. Okay. There we go. That's my favorite movie this list so far. <laughs> and number 10 is Kindergarten Cop. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. Kindergarten Cop. Top 10 movie of 1990. So Schwarzenegger uh, had two movies on the top 10 list. Yeah. Yeah. 
Like, I don't think I, Schwarzenegger would. Sh- Schwarzenegger is at his peak right here. Like, yeah, you, you're about to, like like between now and Terminator Two is just like, yeah, <laughs> the era of you know Arnold Schwarzenegger being this pop culture icon. Because I think what the year before is Running Man, maybe. Yeah, is Running Man in year before maybe? I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, uh, Academy Award winners, obviously. Uh, uh, when you, <laughs> what is it? Um, Dances with Wolves. Yeah. Starting starts. Uh, yeah. I have a, I, I um, have a. I have a sore spot for Dances with Wolves. Yeah. Which is dumb, and I'll tell you off air because it's it's just stupid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you have some interesting other movies that came out. Some big movies too that weren't in the right. top ten. Uh, one of them not being uh, Leatherface, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre three. Again, we're at the end of this era of slasher films. Is that the one with Matthew McConaughey in it? No, that one would be uh, the next Four. generation. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. The one where he's yeah, the cross dressing Leatherface. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Tremors. See, okay, I like Tremors. Tremors is the first Tremors in particular is very. very I unapologetically good. love the first Tremors. I, I don't think there's anything to be apologized about. I think Tremors, for what it is, it, it they made the exact movie they set out to make, and it works incredibly well. Hey guys, this movie's about like a giant ground snake starring Kevin Bacon and also Reva McIntyre. Yeah. Like uh, you're, and you'll love this movie. What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, the, the hunt for Red October. Also, also a fantastic. Maybe okay. Now, now that is my favorite movie. This list. House party. Okay, no. <laughs> uh, you know, kid and play. <laughs> I've seen it. I like house party. It's fun. Joe versus the volcano. Oh, God. That's right. This is this still like Burbs yeah. era Tom Hanks. Yeah, Tom Hanks before he's the massive S tier superstar. Yeah. Still have Tom Hanks making these kinds of movies. I think how, about, tur- how about Blind Fury? The Redford Power Blind Samurai movie? Oh, it's, God. Is that what that was? was? Okay. Yeah. Zaitoichi, but I uh, put American. <laughs> Nah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, Lord of the Flies adaption. Sure. We've already said Pretty Woman. Um, let's see. Ernest Goes to Jail. <laughs> uh, Which I'd probably rather watch. The uh, Tales from the Dark Side movie. There was a movie? Yeah, there was. Wow. They had that same creepy theme song, I wonder. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've seen Tales from the Dark Side. But I know George Romero was one of the writers on it. So, oh, okay. You know, uh, I just saw something. Cadillac Man, the Robin Williams. <laughs> Again, that's like yeah, that's the era where he just kind of like doing like Moscow on the Hudson and kind of yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, another forty-eight hours. Mm. Uh, another uh, Disney flop of Dick Tracy. Oh, good God. And that movie got a ton of marketing. Yeah, it did. I mean, yeah, toys. 
and collectibles and everything under the sun. And they, per- they never did. They never did release a blank figure, JJ. It was never <laughs> released. Uh, a personal favorite of mine on this list is Gremlins Two: The New Batch. Boy, that that movie's weird. Oh, I love it. I love it. It's so weird, but like, it, like the Bat Gremlin sticks yeah. with me. Yeah. Uh, RoboCop Two. That's okay. Yeah, as written by comic book legend Frank Miller. Yeah, it's all right. Kind of. Days of Thunder. I like Days of Thunder. Uh, Ghost Dad. Oh, okay. Let's not talk about that movie. Directed by Sidney Poitier, and that's all I will say. Uh, yeah. The, Jets, the Jetsons movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, that sounds about right. Adventures of Ford Fairlane. Remember when Andrew Dice... Oh, no, I was, this is... Yeah, Andrew Dice Clay, right? Yeah, this is Andrew Dice Clay. And Wayne Newton. <laughs> Man, uh, let's see. A, a re-release of the Jungle Book was in July, which probably did better than Rescuers and Under. I'm sure. Well, certainly, a movie that really stuck with me through the rest of my life: Arachnophobia. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, I'm not even afraid of spiders, but I can see that. Yeah. Problem Child, which oh. that was that came out the sick. Mm. Yeah. NBC used to show the hell out of Problem Child. Ace, how about this? Young Guns 2. No, that's not what I was going to get at. But I like Young Guns 2. The significantly better Disney animated movie came out in 1990. DuckTales, the movie. The Treasure, Treasure of Lost Land. Came out the same year. And it's a significantly better movie than <laughs> Rescue Reserve Hunter. I mean, I think I saw this. Think I saw it for the same price at Fye as the Rescuers two pack. Oh, just, <laughs> just, just go buy that. Yeah. Um. You mentioned that you made a joke about it earlier. Exorcist three did come out the same year. Oh my god. That okay. So that movie. I know the first Exorcist is scary. The second one yeah. is kind of garbage. Yeah. This the third one is actually legitimately disturbing. Exorcist three. Uh, highly recommend Exorcist Three. That like just googled the nurse station scene. Oh boy, Dark Man. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson, Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, yeah. The Emilio Estevez Garbage Man movie. <laughs> Never seen it. Had it work? Yeah. Nope. Uh, let's see. Anything else? Goodfellas. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> How is Goodfellas not in the not in the top ten? I, I don't. I mean, it was even like nominated. Like it wasn't like it was even like nominated for awards and stuff. Yeah. I, I don't know. That seems like, weird. Really, a big laughing gif insert here. Yeah. <laughs> Fantasia re-release. Okay. October. Which also uh, that I actually went to. We saw in theaters. Troll my- two. <laughs> this is the uh, oh my god troll right oh my god yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> this yeah, is that bad. one okay yeah uh, has absolutely zero to do with uh, troll one or trolls in general because they are goblins in the movie not trolls yeah. <laughs> the night of the living the tom savini night of the living dead like remake <laughs> oh god uh, yeah it, mm. Quigley Down Under. Hell yeah! Quigley Down That's Under came out like just before Rescuers. 
If you're gonna watch a down under movie, watch Quigley. That movie is friggin' awesome. Soul Taker, a mystery science theater classic. Oh, with uh, which Estevez was it? Oh, Joe. It was, it was Joe, Joe Estevez. Estevez. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Jacob's Ladder. Oh God. Yeah. That movie. Holy God, that movie. Uh, whoa! Wait! Wait! Oh, the very next week, Predator Two opened after. Rescuers Down Under the next weekend was Predator 2. You know what? I liked Predator 2. I didn't. <laughs> it's it's fine. I liked it. It's I, I like the... I, I really like the part at the end where the, the Predator gives him like the old uh, dueling pistol. Yeah. Uh, Three Men and a Little Lady, Misery, which is a fantastic movie. That's a great movie. Uh, the Rookie. The oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Edward Scissorhands. Good movie. Uh, Look Who's Talking To. Nope. Mermaids. <laughs> which I talked about last week. Which, which we talked at length last. Bonfire of the Vanity. Kiki's Delivery Service. A classic, there you go. Classic animated film from Studio Ghibli. Um, highly recommended. My sister's uh, favorite anime film. Kindergarten Cop. And uh, wrapping up the year of significant movies, uh, Christmas Day release of Godfather Part 3. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> so that's your year of 1990. Uh, let, just to let you know that you can see a lot of reasons why The Rescuers was significantly uh, <laughs> less successful, especially compared to some of the other stuff that Disney had on that list. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... You know, it is it, it is what it is. Everyone's going to forget about the rescuers down under uh, almost immediately. <laughs> I mean, we're going to forget about it once we get done wrapping this podcast. So Yeah, I'll never think yeah. about the rescuers down under again until... Uh, and it's funny because, you know, we mentioned uh, when we did the rescuers one, that's like, I don't think I saw this movie. I think I only saw rescuers down under and I was watching this movie. I was like... Yeah, this is the one I saw. <laughs> I remember yeah. the rest was down under pretty well. I like. I don't remember the beats, but I remember like animation bits and stuff. Like, yeah, this was the one I remember. I guarantee you, the next time like I give any significant thought to this thing will be like when the, when the when the podcast drops, <laughs> and and maybe like if I'm on Disney Plus in, in several months, like oh, that's right. There'll be there will do, there will do a uh, live action remake. Oh, God, rescuers down under. Boy, uh, they, mm. is uh, and they could just they, is, is uh is uh Crocodile Dundee still alive? I'm assuming he is. Paul Hogan? Yeah, yeah. He he was actually. I've seen him in something recently. What the hell was it? Just get him to play McLeach in a live action. <laughs> or hear me out. Just do another Crocodile Dundee. Crocodile Dundee takes Manhattan. <laughs> Crocodile Dundee watches the rescuers done under. <laughs> oh, that's not how we are. <laughs> yeah. It would just be him getting increasingly more upset that this was an Australian Disney movie and he didn't even get asked to do it. <laughs> what if it's just like Paul Hogan doing an MST3K over this movie? Okay, yeah, I'm in. Now you're in. Him and Mel Gibson and like Chris Hemsworth just watching it. 
Chris, Chris and no, Liam sorry, Chris, from, Chris Hemsworth's from New Zealand. So yeah. Paul Hogan, Hugh Jackman, and Mel Gibson. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you won't be Wolverine, but we're going to make you do something for us at, at Disney. <laughs> yeah. God sakes, please do something. Well, I mean, they own Greatest Showman now, so technically. Yeah. All right, you ready to rank it? Let's do it. All right, Nick. Uh, Robin Hood. Nope. Jungle Book? Nope. Sword in the Stone? No. Winnie the Pooh? No. Little Mermaid? No. Dumbo? No. Fantasia? No. Great Mouse Detective? No. Black Cauldron? No. Cinderella? No. Ichabod and Mr. Tid? No. The Rescuers? No. Aristocats? Yes. Okay. It's not as good as its predecessor, but it's not much worse. Okay, there we go. So where does that put that on your list? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 on your list? Out of 29? uh, It's going to drop. (laughs) <laughs> Let's put it that way. It's about to drop. Yeah, significantly. And we, we that, got that top ten's going to yeah. shake up a bit. All right. For me, Jungle Book, no. Fantasia, no. Winnie the Pooh, no. Cinderella, no. Snow White, no. Little Mermaid, no. Peter Pan, no. Robin Hood, no. Great Mouse Detective, no. Black Cauldron, no. 101 Dalmatians, no. The Rescuers, no. Aristocats, I like Aristocats more. Lady and the Tramp, no. Sleeping Beauty, no. Pinocchio, no. Alice in Wonderland, no. Dumbo. No. Ichabod and Mr. Toad, no. I'm good. I liked it more than Oliver and Company. Wow. <laughs> so uh, I really, really did not care for this movie. <laughs> I mean, we talk. It's there's nothing inherently wrong with it. It's just nothing special about it. Yeah, and compared to something like, you know, Dumbo made me cry. You know, right. <laughs> or um, Alice in Wonderland is a visual treat. There's nothing yeah. plot wise, but it looks so good. You know, uh, Pinocchio has is memorable. You know, like. Yeah, so what does that put it on my list? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Wow. So it's 20 out of 29 on my list. That's a... Uh, yeah. So? It's uh, it, it doesn't benefit from where it is chronologically. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, like, thank goodness the next movie is what the next movie is, because if not, th- there'd be no Disney anything. Like, you couldn't, like, it wouldn't survive another failure with yeah. the people that are overseeing the studio right now. Katzenberg and Eisner would never allow another failure to the degree of this movie. Um, so, especially coming off of Little Mermaid, which is just this you know, cultural and financial success. So, I mean, until we started getting into the, the nuts and bolts of this podcast, I, I assumed that the, the, the action, it was 
Little Mermaid and then next week's film. Yeah. I, I just completely blank on this one being in the middle. Well, and also there's probably a, uh, I'd say there's a 75% chance that you just sort of thought that this was a, uh, VHS sequel that came out in the mid nineties as opposed to. Well, well, I knew, it, I knew it came out in theaters, but I, yeah. I thought it was like before Little Mermaid. <laughs> You yeah. thought it was like Oliver and Company, the rescuers down under, yeah, and then yes, exactly. That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. So, nope, uh, not in the slightest. You shoved this one between next week's movie, November twenty second, nineteen ninety one, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, a little film called Beauty and the Beast that you may or may not have heard of. Um, so, uh, it's yeah, just this little like. Little significance to the overall history of Disney films. Uh, that that might be a longer episode. I'm fully expecting this one to be a longer episode. There's there's probably going to be much more enthusiasm. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, and there's some interesting stories to go with yeah. it, uh, and a hell of a legacy. Hell of a legacy. Um, one of the more significant legacies. Uh, they have and you know keeps going forward um so yeah next week beauty and the beast uh as you will as you probably noticed we did not record an episode while we were at disneyland (laughs) no we were uh well i was too busy getting stuck on a ride between getting stuck on a ride and bullied by a little child uh (laughs) she she took my chair chair right from you just just yanked it away from you Again, I, I love the I, I love the fact that JJ and I had trouble fitting into the space. My, oh, I did, and then <laughs> yeah. we're like, let's go eat some cheeseburgers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we immediately we go from Space Mountain and immediately hoof it over to the Hungry Bear Cafe or restaurant at uh, <laughs> Critter Country, opposite side of the park, by the way. Like we didn't even burn some calories on the way over there. Yeah, so you know we did we did our research. <laughs> or or we just decided to spur the moment let's go get some burgers yeah and we knew that that was the best place to get a burger at Disneyland. exactly <laughs> so that was that so yeah um it doesn't matter in the overall scheme of the archive but i i had some issues with the last episode and planning for a vacation so it was a little late and i apologize but uh that's all on me uh <laughs> but uh it's, it's, yeah, I got it up eventually. It worked out in the end that we didn't record an episode because it did, because I ended up being late anyways. So yeah, JJ fine. was enjoying uh, his his time off. So I was. So yeah, there we go. Uh, another one in the can. Uh, thank you all again for joining us. We'll be back next week for Beauty and the Beast. Um, it's gonna be a good time, and have a magical day. <laughs>